good day, everyone. This is Kevin Bay. It's May 3rd, 2021. And I got a couple of stories that I wanted to cover. While I got them fresh in my head. So here we go. Why don't we just get into it? Um, There are COVID-19 stories. And one of them's from over the weekend where... uh, I ran into this story from the New York Times where they were covering uh, COVID infection rates in the prison system. And their headline was, or one of their headlines, incarcerated and infected how the virus tore through the U.S. prison system. That was interesting, you know, see what happens. You've got in the prison system, you have a, a captive, a literal captive audience so you know it's it's better than the cruise ship because the cruise ship at least they had to let people off eventually in the prison you're in prison so you're there uh, and they were i guess comparing it a bit to the uh general population prison versus general population and so as i'm reading the story um you know they're painting it as the prison system is 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 terrible there's you know the infection rate is high and uh it makes it seem like people are dropping like flies and as i get into the numbers i start reading it uh it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense so this is the first set of numbers that i ran into from their story and this is how it goes the virus this is quoting the new york times the virus has killed prisoners at higher rates than the general population the data shows, and at least 2,700 died in custody, where access to quality health care is poor. You know, not to minimize deaths, deaths are deaths. You know, you don't really want anybody to die unless, of course, they are inmates on death row, and then it's saving everybody money. But maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. Anyway, uh, as... Oh, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm in Georgia right now, and I moved to Georgia from Illinois, and... The difference here when it rains, it rains. Uh, I might not get like the gentle showers that last all day long, but when it rains, this stuff pours. I don't know if you could hear it through the microphone. Anyway, it's pouring outside. Uh, On to the next number. Uh, The next quote from the New York Times is um, referencing the deaths, and they say, these deaths and many more then 525 infections so far among the incarcerated could have been prevented, public health and criminal justice experts say. So now we have the next number, 525,000 infections of the prison population. And here's the third set of numbers. Um, Here's the quote. Since the 1980s, the nation's prison population has increased more than 500%. And about 1.4 million people. So now that's the base number of how many people are in prison, according to the New York Times, in the United States. So if we take 2,700 deaths out of 525,000 infections in a prison population of about 1.4 million, that means the death from infections is only 0.514%. Let that sink in a little bit, 0.514%, just slightly more than half of 1%. That means, subtract, you know, 0.514 from 100, that's a 99.486% survival rate of the infected. That's only of the infected. 
but out of the entire prison population, which again, by definition, is a captive population. They got nowhere to run from COVID. The, the death rate then is 0.121%. That's your chance of getting infected and dying from COVID-19 if you're in prison. So out of the entire prison population now, you only have, uh, only, you have a 99.879% chance of living through the deadly pandemic while trapped in prison. I thought, to me, I thought that was kind of amazing that they, they would say that it's worse. And they, they actually said that the, uh, it's, it's three times worse than the general population. So if you have a 99.879% chance of living through the pandemic while trapped in prison, you know, three, three. I didn't, I didn't do the math on that one, but you, you know, it's, it's you're, you're so much closer to a hundred percent survival, out in the world. Anyway, uh, they have more, <clears throat> a few more numbers. One is about the, the corrections officers. So you know, they're exposed to, and they're also going to prison and jail with the other infected people, and then they go out into the world. You know, when they they get to go home, but still, they're they're. They're exposed to this population that um, is trapped with COVID, and then they come out here and spread it like wildfire, right? Well, here's another quote from the New York Times. In addition to inmates, more than 138,000 prison and jail correction officers were sickened, and 261 died. So again, you do some very simple math. The New York Times reports 261 deaths out of 138,000 correction officer infections. Death from infections in this group is even less than the rest than the risk to, uh, than the risk that the inmates go through. The risk of death is only 0.189%, a survival rate of 99.811%. So what are we running from with this? What are we running from? Anyway, the next story. Uh, I, I follow, I, I live a relatively low-carb diet lifestyle. And as such, I follow a bunch of doctors uh, and nutritionists that uh, practice low-carb, study low-carb. And so I read their stuff from time to time. And during COVID, a lot of these people um, also look at the government data and different studies that come out and... Uh, wonder why things don't make sense. And one of these doctors, uh, she's a PhD. Uh, her name is Dr. Zoe Harcomb. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correct. She is out of the UK. And she looked at a study uh, out of Scotland. Um, and it looked at, uh, the purpose of the study was to look at COVID-19 transmission uh, post-vaccination. So do people spread the virus after they've been vaccinated? And it was pretty interesting because the study uh, concluded that after the vaccine, after people had the vaccine, that they were less likely to spread. And the way they did this, they, they studied uh, in Scotland healthcare workers and members of their household. So people that were vaccinated and then they go home and do they spread it to people in their house? Here's a quote from uh, Zoe Harcum. 
The study reported that the positive test rate for uh, positive test rate per 100 person years per 100 person years was 9.40 for household members. I think I'm I, either I copied that wrong or I'm reading it incorrectly. Uh, okay, so let's say the study reported that the positive test rate per 100 people was 9.4 for household members during the period when the healthcare workers in the household were unvaccinated and 5.93 for household members during the period when the healthcare workers in the household were 14 days post-vaccination or greater than, uh, greater than 14 days post-vaccination. The conclusion was that vaccinating healthcare workers for SARS-CoV-2 reduces documented cases and hospitalization in both those individuals vaccinated and members of their household. So interesting. That's that was the conclusion. But she says um, after she looked at the data, that's not what the data showed. The data within their own report, um, there was a table, and it showed the exact opposite of what their conclusions held. Uh, here's another quote from her from her blog post. the The cases claim uh, uh, the case the cases claim came from a particular table, which reported cases in healthcare workers and household members in the unvaccinated and vaccinated periods. The table provided an alternate uh, alternative conclusion. For every 100 healthcare worker cases in the unvaccinated period, there were 64 household cases, and for every 100 healthcare worker cases in the vaccinated period, there were 94 household cases. She says. We could conclude, therefore, that the transmission was higher from healthcare workers to household members post-vaccination. So that's kind of a fantastic uh, find that they paint it one way, but their actual data uh, says something totally different, not exactly opposite. You get vaccinated and you spread the virus more than those that are unvaccinated. Now, um, I, a lot of people talk about vaccines, and if you get the vaccine, you're not supposed to get the virus, and that's not, you know, common sense on how vaccines work. So vaccines um, do not prevent anyone from catching a virus. What vaccines do is they prevent the person that is getting infected from having a severe case of whatever illness it is. And that goes for the flu, the cold, whatever. So if you have a vaccine or you have, say you've already caught a cold or you've or you've caught the flu, and you recover from it, your body now has the ability to fight it off. It remembers what virus came in, and it can create antibodies again to fight it off again. So the next time you're exposed to it, um, you have a less severe reaction, or maybe no reaction at all. You know, Maybe your body um, is able to fight it off where you're asymptomatic. And that's how vaccines work. Vaccines... Pre uh, present your body with something that um, resembles the virus in some form or fashion and it causes your body to create antibodies to fight off whatever that virus is. And that goes for whether you're taking the new mRNA vaccines or a more traditional vaccine. Uh, that's what they do. They prepare your body to fight off the incoming virus. Uh, so you would think that those healthcare workers that were vaccinated would not produce or would not shed as much virus because, first of all, they should be either asymptomatic if they come down with COVID, they should be asymptomatic, or 
their symptoms should be less severe. So they're not coughing and sneezing and uh, you know spewing all kinds of crap into the air, uh, or at least they should be less so. So they should spread it less than those people that are unvaccinated. And it doesn't, at least from you know my quick reading of her, of her blog post, the study didn't seem to say uh, whether the unvaccinated people uh, tested positive for COVID at some point, if they had it already, or if they just uh, never had it, or maybe I missed it, but um, that wasn't really the point of, of, of the blog post in the study. So I, I take this and I, uh, I'll combine it with something I was listening to today. I was listening to the No Agenda Show podcast this morning, and in the show, uh, Adam Curry was going through some of his COVID news, and I heard this little gem here. Well, you should be hearing it, but you're not hearing it now. And I seem to be having trouble with my soundboard. Let me try this again. Oh, that figures. I hit the mute button. Here we go. There was an, a slew of articles around August of 2020 um, where scientists were working on uh, self-transmitting uh, vaccines. And I guess... It couldn't really come up with a. It was big magazines like Science and Nature, and I someone must have sent out a press release at the time, saying, "Oh, you know, we can have these uh, these vaccines. They'll uh, they'll vaccinate people on site." So, um, you know, when you when you when you read that story about people vaccinated spreading the virus more, um, and the vaccines that they're taking. Are, they're all experimental vaccines. None of these have been approved yet, at least by the FDA in this country. Um, they're, you know, under emergency use authorization. Uh, so, you know, what exactly are they doing? If you if you look at self disseminating vaccines, which means that these are vaccines, or they're trying to promote uh, produce vaccines that will spread themselves, like a virus. You know, vaccines that act like a virus. And when I heard that that little clip there, I went and I searched for it. And sure enough, there were uh, plenty of stories and uh, links are on the the blog post associated with this podcast uh, about the different stories, one in nature, one in new scientist, uh, one study at the NIH, and uh, one at uh, econotimes.com, which I've never heard of, but the other ones at least I, I heard of. And the headlines there are safety and security concerns regarding transmissible vaccines. We now have the technology to develop vaccines that spread themselves, self-disseminating vaccines for emerging infectious diseases, and COVID-19 cures. Scientists plan to develop self-spreading coronavirus vaccine. So can we put these two together or what? I don't know, but you know, when I read that one part and then I hear that clip and then I go and check and, and actual articles and studies exist and this is something that's real that people are trying to do, is this what's currently happening? I don't know. What I do know is that's all I've got.